Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. All right, next on the sixth, Ezekiel Elliott's six-game suspension is back on. We'll dive into what this means for him and the Cowboys going forward. Now, Elliott's suspension was supposedly one of many reasons Jerry Jones was ready to go to war with Roger Goodell. We'll tell you why the commissioner may be safe, at least for now. Another rough shooting night for Lonzo Ball and a loss to the Celtics. Tonight, he faces John Wall. We'll have a live report out of D.C. All right, with Michael Smith off today, the six, we kind of needed a trusty vet out of the bullpen. And look at who we have, Bucci. Mm-hmm. And that's a question that he's answering. Will I say your full name once this entire show? Well, my full baptismal name is Bucci Maine. Bucci hyphen Maine. My middle name is actually a hyphen. But I'll, I'll let you, Jamel Juanita, to call me Bucci. We, we off to that kind of start where you yeah. say my full government name before all of you folks here. Uh, anyway, let's get to the best 60 minutes of your day. Uh, later in the show, Mark Schwartz will check in with us from Glendale where the Seahawks and Cardinals kick off tonight. But first, let's begin with some very significant NFL news. Yeah, Zeke Elliott back in court today. While his teammates prepared to play the Falcons on Sunday, attorneys for Elliott were trying to convince a three-judge panel from the Second Circuit Court of Appeals in New York City to grant him an injunction that allows him to keep playing while his case against the NFL works its way through the court system in the coming months. They did not. Injunction denied. Elliott's six-game suspension is back on. Of course, this courthouse parade began three months ago with the original suspension. That was August the 11th. Four times via first Elliott's basic appeal, then a preliminary junction, then a temporary restraining order, then an administrative stay, which got him in for last week's Chiefs game, then today. So it took four downs, it appears, to put Elliott on the sidelines until Christmas Eve versus Seattle. Stay tuned. I'd interview myself if I graduated from law school, but I didn't. So let's bring in someone who, uh, who did, Jamel, a Columbia Law School grad, ESPN employee Ryan Smith, <laughs> joins us from New York. So, Ryan, does this suspension stick? I, I don't know what to believe or feel through this whole process when I hear news on Elliott. Yeah, uh, well, let me say it like this. For now, he's got very long odds to try to get the suspension out of the way, at least for now. So here's what happens. He's got an expedited hearing coming up on December 1st. His chances for a stay were denied. That was his effort to try to stay on the field while they hear this appeal. So what happens next? Could he try to appeal that? Well, in theory, he could ask the entire Second Circuit to try to let him back on the field. He could also ask the Supreme Court. But both of those are really the longest of long shots. I don't know how that's going to happen at this point. So right now, looks like he's off the field, and at least until that December 1st date. And then even after that, they've got to hear the case, issue a ruling, and there's no way of telling how long that might take. All right, Ryan, with this setback for Ezekiel Elliott, uh, how much does this strengthen the league's position as it relates to the personal conduct policy? 
You know, it's an interesting question, Jamel. I would say that it does help the league a lot because now you've got court after court endorsing that policy. But will it stop the NFLPA from fighting against it for the next player? I don't think so because you can always come up with an argument as to how the process hasn't been right. Here it was Roger Goodell not getting the full scope of information, not being able to cross-examine the witnesses. That was different from what they alleged in the Tom Brady situation. So you have to think that for the next player, if it doesn't work out the way they want it to, they can still try to bring an argument to federal court and this process might happen again. Could they win? Well, now the NFL has a precedent base that goes in its favor, but it doesn't make it impossible, and I don't think it, make it go, makes it go away. All right. Well, thank you, Ryan. We appreciate you joining us, and in the dark, no less. All right, so here's the Cowboys' list of available running backs now. They have Alfred Morris, who has 83 total carries in Dallas, 14 coming this season. There's Rod Smith, who has 10 carries on the year, and Darren McFadden, who has yet to play in a game this season. We now go live to the Cowboys' facility and Todd Archer. Todd, uh, what was the Cowboys' reaction to Ezekiel Elliott's suspension? I asked around as soon as the – decision came down and really there was no surprise. The Cowboys have kind of been preparing for this moment, you know, Jamel, since August 11th when the first suspension was announced by the NFL and Jason Garrett's kept this team in a control what you can control mode and so they today when they didn't have Elliott on the field, they were preparing as if it would be Morris McFadden or Rod Smith to be their running back Sunday against Atlanta. But it is interesting right before the the announcement was made by the courts Des Bryant was talking to us, and he said, I plan on running out on Sunday right next to Ezekiel Elliott. That's what I believe. That's what I've felt all along. That's what I'm going to stay with. And as we made our way back to the media room, we finally get the word. The Cowboys players get the word, and now they got a plan for life without him. Mm, yeah, it will be interesting considering the role uh, they were on. Thanks, Todd, for joining us. All right, with Ezekiel Elliott out the next six games, uh, this is what they look like. He'll be out when the Cowboys play against the Falcons, obviously this weekend, Eagles, Redskins, and Raiders. He would not be eligible to play until week 16 when Dallas plays Seattle. Darren Whitson joins us now. Uh, Woody, this offense has been humming. Yeah. I mean, 28 points a game yeah. in each of their last six. That's the longest active streak in the league, uh, longest for them in Cowboy history. Dak second only to Watson and QBR. So this is a, you know, an offense that's humming. How's it changed with Elliott out, especially from Prescott's uh, Well, it's going to change. We, I think we all know who the most dynamic player on that offense is, and yeah. that's Zeke. He he's accounts for about 80-some percent of what they do offensively as far as running the ball, catching the ball in the backfield. He's a guy that when, when they show up in Atlanta this week, the Atlanta Falcons are going to look at, at the bus and say, okay, he's not on the bus. Mm-hmm. Who's the next guy we're going to look for? Maybe that's Dez who's banged up a little bit or Dak for sure. But – when you lose your number one threat, you're not going to be the same guy. And we can say all we want about Alfred Morris, Darren McFadden, Rod Smith. They're not no. Ezekiel Elliott because he's always going to be the home run hitter. And, and the Cowboys are prepared. They, they got depth, but they just don't have their home run hitter out Well, there. it's interesting because last week, I mean, Ezekiel Elliott, he was more, to me, an effective yes. runner. He wasn't the explosive back that we'd seen, and a lot was on Dak Prescott. Yeah. We've seen him mature throughout this season, so how much more pressure is it now on Dak? I, with Ezekiel going, I think it puts the pressure on you because now most defenses are probably not going to come in because every when you play the Cowboys with Zeke Elliott, you're going to have eight, nine men in the box, mm-hmm. and it allows Dak to see a lot more of the field, one-on-one opportunities. Basically, defenses have to show their hand early on so he can see a lot more and see a lot more of the field. Now, without Zeke, now you're going to have. You know, they're going to be playing coverage, coverage two, cover three, a lot more mixed coverages, and he's going to have to see through some of those things and take advantage of one, on the, uh, the one-on-one opportunities. They're going to have to take some shots downfield. Mm-hmm. 
Des Bryant is going to have to become a factor in this mm. offense. This is not going to be something where they're just going to be able to just, oh, great, okay, we'll bring Alfred Morris in and he's going to take the place of, of what the production of Zeke has brought you. They're going to have to find ways to get the ball deep down the field. Yeah, well, I'm sure Atlanta, given the slide they're on, oh, yeah. this might be kind of an opportune time for Dallas to catch them as they're figuring things out. Thank you so much, Dan, Appreciate for joining it. us. All right, Ezekiel Elliott, though, not the only Cowboy making big news today after reports surfaced yesterday that Jerry Jones is preparing to sue the NFL over Roger Goodell's contract negotiations, NFL spokesman Joe Lockhart said today that a five-year contract extension for Goodell is expected to be finalized soon. Now, Lockhart said NFL owners, including Jerry Jones, had unanimously approved moving forward on a contract extension that would carry Goodell through 2024. Lockhart even described the negotiations as, quote, amicable. Well, that's interesting because yesterday, Seth, Wickersham, you and Don Van Natta Jr., uh, you guys reported that there were four or five owners who believe Roger Goodell should be ousted as commissioner and that Goodell was, quote, furious uh, that there was discussion in his next contract about it being more performance-based. So, Seth, uh, how did this get from Jerry Jones staging a coup to the contract maybe being close to being finalized? Well, we never said it was a successful coup, right? (laughs) (laughs) I think that what Jerry was trying to do was stall this thing. And I think that he's trying to target some owners who aren't quite as engaged on this topic as a lot of them. Because I think what you've got is you've got Jerry and a couple people who kind of agree with him that aren't very happy with Roger right now, want to have this incentive-based deal. If not, try to find someone else in an extreme case. Then I think you have 10 to 12 owners who kind of aren't paying that close of attention. Sometimes they doze off in meetings. And I think that they just kind of want this thing to be over and they want to give Roger his extension. And then the rest of them are ones that aren't necessarily happy with Roger, but it doesn't mean they're happy with Jerry. And in fact, a lot of the reasons why they're unhappy with Roger is because they feel like that Jerry has gotten his way so much over the past three or four years. So I think that's where we stand. So Adam Schefter, um, given the news today about what appears to be a suspension that will stick regarding Ezekiel Elliott, where does that put this Jerry Jones versus Roger Goodell showdown now that we know what Listen, Ezekiel I, I, I don't think it is? changes very much of anything. I think this was the impetus, one of the impetuses for Jerry being as upset as he is and for him going on this uh, sort of crusade to try to impede Roger Goodell's extension. But I don't think that he's got the support that he wants. As Seth is alluding to, there only are only a handful of people. And the fact of the matter is the compensation committee gets to authorize Roger Goodell's contract. And they're going to do that. That's the plan. Jerry has tried to slow that down, but he has not been successful. So once they give Roger Goodell the extension that now is expected, then the question becomes, what does Jerry then do? And that really is uncharted territory because... We haven't seen a case like this, and we don't know that he's got actual legal grounds to pursue, being that the owners, the compensation committee, was approved and allowed to go ahead and grant this extension. So I'd ask Seth, what does Jerry then do once Roger Goodell gets this extension? I don't think anybody knows, and I think everyone's sort of waiting to pay attention. You know, does he try to file something to just try to make Roger's life miserable? I don't know. You know, this is a really fascinating time that we're in right now because, as Adam said, I mean, Jerry voted for this process, and now he's trying to slow the process down because he doesn't like it. And that's where I, I, I don't know how this entire thing shakes out other than I think that Adam is completely right in the sense that Roger is going to get this contract extension. And then after that, 
it's going to get really interesting. It'll be interesting to see how this all uh, moves forward because a lot of these controversies aren't exactly going away for the NFL. So no, we, we, we've got a lot of stuff. We got Colin Kaepernick, National <laughs> Anthem, <laughs> Jerry like Jones, the their Roger right Goodell, Ezekiel, right? lingering <laughs> issues that never go away. Yeah, uh, this is how they own the offseason before, though this is in season. All right, thank you, gentlemen, for joining us. Let's talk about ball, ball, part two. Mm-hmm. When, the Wizards, when the Wizards and Lakers met the first time this season, John Wall said he would show Lonzo Ball, quote, no mercy. But that was before the Wizards took the L in overtime. And even though Ball didn't shoot particularly well, more on Ball shooting struggles later with Tim Legler. Anyway, Ball and Wall meet again tonight for part two. This time, it's personal. In the world. Um, number two pick, um, playing for the Lakers. So they're looking for that next franchise guy after Kobe's done. And all the comparisons. So, I mean, he's fine. He doesn't let it bother him. He just goes out and play. I think people, when you're projected that high or have so much hype, you expect so much out of somebody so early. But his game's totally different. One thing is he's mature for his age. Your Nike contract. Will you sign with Triple B? Come on, man. I know my man Mike Myers. Such a troll there. You're there in D.C. for tonight's Lakers-Wizards game. <laughs> that was Mike? Yeah, that was him that did that. Uh, yes. As I said a moment ago, John Wall said before he was going to show Lonzo Ball no mercy. That didn't exactly happen the first time around. So what's Wall going to show Ball tonight? Uh, you know what? Because the Wizards have been in a funk, Jamel, I, I think they'll play a little better. They'll probably beat the Lakers. I can't be sure of that. I can tell you what, after talking to John Wall uh, today after shoot-around, the main feeling was this guy has some empathy for Lonzo Ball. He was the number one pick, and, and it, he has the number one pick. He didn't experience this kind of hype. He was supposed to resuscitate the Wizards. This guy's supposed to resuscitate the Lakers, and that's a different job. And I think John Wall empathizes with him a little bit. All right. Well, Mike, uh, keep with the trolley questions. I'm sure John Wall appreciates them. <laughs> uh, thanks for joining us here on The Six. All right, the last time Notre Dame beat a team that was 8-0 or better entering a game, I was wearing a Raiders starter jacket and bumping two live crew. Look out. And not the clean version. The <laughs> Irish will get their opportunity against Miami on Saturday night on ABC. Here's Notre Dame's Josh Adams on the significance of beating Miami this weekend. It would just be another game for us that would get us closer and one step closer to uh, that thing that we want to accomplish. And, uh, of course, that's, you know, being able to say we're one of the elite teams in the country. But we're not going to forget that, um, you know, we have our own destiny in our hands and and how we approach this next game is going to control and determine, you know, how it plans out. All right, Miami's going to wear the uh, orange jersey, white pants. You like that, right? I like anything as long as we win. (laughs) Big ABC game, Notre Dame, Saturday night. John Vilma's here, uh, Coral Gables High School. Yes. Four years at the U. So you know what a Sun Pass and Publix are. Ooh. I do. Okay. I like Publix better than Sun Pass. Yes. yes. Publix sandwiches? Better. They they are everything. Yes. What would winning this game mean to Miami? Because I know right now the event is in South Florida. Uh, It is the event. Uh, What winning this game would mean, you know, we, we talk about playoff implications we talk about Miami is back but really this game is another step similar to Florida State winning that game was just another step in the grand scheme of things so beating Notre Dame would be another step in the grand scheme of things Uh, but what we want to see as fans is just improvement and right now every game you watch Miami they've improved defensively they've gotten better offensively they've gotten better so to make another step in that direction whether win lose or draw as long as there's improvement I think people can can really be satisfied with that gonna play a little game of fill in the blank here Uh, Miami Mm -hmm. has to do what in order to win this game 
Well, easier said than done. They have to stop Winbush. They have to stop Josh Adams. They have to stop the running game. But everyone said that about Notre Dame, and only Georgia was able to do that. So mm -hmm. that's easier said than done. They can do it, though. They have a defensive front seven that can get it done. Then offensively, we can't turn the ball over. Malik Rozier had three interceptions against Virginia Tech. It didn't come back to haunt them, but it could come back to haunt them versus Notre Dame. All right. That's your objective pick. Very objective. I of don't course. have the turnover chain on. I mean, I'm being as objective as I can right now. All right. Fine analysis there, John Vilma. Thanks for joining us. Football game tonight, week 10 of the 17-week NFL regular season begins tonight. If the Cardinals beat the Seahawks, they both will be 5-4. and four. I did not see that coming. I did not see that coming. That's Blaine Gabbert, for some reason, dressed up as uh, the Tooth Fairy. The Tooth Fairy does not have calves like that. Elias confirms. So many jokes, I'll just keep um, Adrian Peterson had 37 uh, carries just four days ago. How much gas could be in the tank tonight? Mark Schwartz is in Arizona. He reports. On Sunday, 32-year-old Adrian Peterson did something no back his age has ever done in the NFL. Toted the rock 37 times. Three days later, is he ready to do it again? His teammate, veteran linebacker Carlos Dansby, is not doubting the fact that he might. Dansby says, when I watched this guy from far away, I was in awe. Now that I see him up close, I am speechless. This is a different animal. Peterson carries the hopes and dreams of Cardinals Nation against a tough Seattle defense tonight. Well, uh, Mark Schwartz, I would kind of beg to differ about how tough this Seahawks defense is that Adrian Peterson will face tonight. They're allowing an uncharacteristic 4.3 yards per rush this season, which ranks 24th in the NFL. Uh, also doesn't help that the Seahawks will be without hard hitter Earl Thomas tonight. So, who knew? Opportune time for Adrian Peterson mm -hmm. to face the Seahawks. And right now we have the firm of Woody and Woody. <laughs> Damian Woody. Which one? Darren Woodson, I know. Let's try not to confuse him. Uh, Damian Woody, I'll start with you about AP or all day. Sorry. Yeah. Um, will he be able to touch up this Seahawks defense tonight? I, that's going to be the, the huge question because if you're looking at the Arizona Cardinals, the, you know, they have Drew Stanton at the quarterback position. It's going, to be, it's going to be harder to throw against the Seattle Seahawks, even with Earl Thomas. Mm -hmm. So you know that the Seahawks are going to be, going to be you know, focusing on Adrian Peterson. Again, 32 years old, four days rest. That's going to be a tall task. And, and when you look at the, the Arizona Cardinals' defense, they don't really have a threat opposite Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah. So it yeah. Be, it, it'll be a lot easier to try to take him away and focus on Adrian Peterson in this game. Listen, I think AP's going to get at least, I'm going to call him AP. Okay. Uh, his, his, I think he gets 25 carries again. And can you imagine that? 37 carries and then get 25 to 30 carries a day Sheesh. and then five-day span. I mean, that's, that's saying something about this guy. But it, he, he continues to impress us. And right now, as far as the Arizona Cardinals, he is their number one threat. I know Larry Fitzgerald has been the guy for a long time, but when you're carrying the load the way he's been carrying and being the workhorse, Drew Stanton should turn around, give him the ball, and watch. And watch him do his work and complete third and shorts. That's what, that's what his job's going to be today. Seattle's going to come out defensively and stop, try to stop him. Make sure that Cam Chancellor's in the box mm -hmm. and do that. They're going to play eight, nine guys in the box and see what they can do. But without Earl Thomas, this is not going to be the same Seattle Seahawks team. Mm. All right. Well, uh, let's move on to the big NFL news of the day, which concerns Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, looks like he will finally have to serve the six-game uh, suspension uh, as a court rule today, fourth time. Uh, mm -hmm. I think, as you mentioned, John Butchergross, that this is fourth down, and Ezekiel Elliott finally seems like the, this is kind of the end of the road unless something magical happens. Now, uh, assuming he serves his suspension, of course, this is the next – Six games, what they look like for the Cowboys. And you see that at the Falcons this weekend. Eagles, Chargers, 
Washington Birds. Giants, Raiders. Not, not soft. Yeah, no. no, not an easy load, especially when you, you don't have that guy. So, Damian Woody, how much does this change the outlook for the Cowboys now not having uh, a huge part of their offense available? Well, just to put it in perspective, are you talking about the Zeke guy who's averaging 150 yards from scrimmage? I mean, that's a huge yeah. chunk of their offense. But let's not forget also Dak Prescott. Just a couple weeks ago, this guy was have, this guy was on a three-game stretch of three touchdowns. So the one thing that Dak Prescott does well is he knows how to get out of trouble and he doesn't turn the ball over. That's a really good recipe moving forward. Also, we also talk about like the Dallas defense before. People would say, well, if, it, if Dallas can't run the football, then their defense is exposed. Yeah. That's not really the case this year. I mean, they're third in the league in sacks at 27. Mm-hmm. Their defensive line has really been getting after yeah. people. Listen, when you take away, when you take Zeke out of the offense, it's going to hurt. But I think they're, they're more equipped this year than, than years prior. I agree. I think they are equipped. They got you know, Alfred Morris, who's a backup, who's a legitimate backup. Darren McFadden, who hasn't even dressed this year. He's been you know, sitting back. And then you got Rod Smith, a big, bruising running back that can fill in the role. I think the issue is this. You lose your home run hitter. And I think that's the, that's the deal that, that, that we can't overlook that. And we you're get, closer, too. And to you're closer, right? especially in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. So you can't overlook that. And they can talk about having these guys in the, in the wings trying to fill that void. But when you lose that guy without Dez, because we're not seeing a lot from Dez this year. We're not seeing a guy that can can't take the separate. top off. Can't separate. Can't yeah. take the top off the defense like he's done in the past. Mm-hmm. Not, they are not 50-50 balls with Dez anymore. So you lose Zeke, you lose a lot, and it falls on the shoulders of Dak to carry this football uh, team. You got four and two? I think that's a four and two. Don't you think uh, it was six games? Yeah, I, mean, I mean, the biggest thing is yeah. look how many divisional games are in this. Four, four home games. You're at the Giants. You, you got to win that game, right? So that, you, you can't look. You need to start. Just worry about this week. <laughs> well, they're going to lose. They're going to lose this week. They're going to win five in a row. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. Just real quick before uh, we move on here, you think they still? You think they make the playoffs? Was that looking? That was going to be my kind yeah. of my I question. Think yeah. I think I think they make the playoffs. Yeah, I, okay. I think, like again, I think the Dallas Cowboys are. Better equipped. I think Dak is better. Yeah. Obviously, you lose Zeke for six games. But I think just as a team, I think they're a little bit better equipped to, to you know, try to hold down the fort while, while uh, Zeke is on suspension. All right. Well, thanks, gentlemen, for joining yeah. us. Yeah. Glad you recovered from that one-chip challenge. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mike my my insides were a little messed up for a while, but I'm here. I'm All here right. now. You rebound. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Is he peaking? Is, how does he compare to these? Peaking? He's, his numbers, his numbers are crazy. Are they? Yeah. I've seen crazier. Peaking, that's just ridiculous to say. Advanced numbers. God. Advanced numbers. Yeah. Uh, peaking? I think he got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. Yeah, he's going to beat it. All right, peaking. That's just ridiculous <laughs> to say, bro. Is that it? Cool. Thank you. My interview has peaked. So. I hate to break it to you, Katie Nolan, but this is the peak of your ESPN. I'm peaking. Career right here, your debut on the 6th. I saw, or one of our producers, Jasmine, noticed that you tweeted, you might be back tomorrow. What's what's, what's this might business? I'm going to see how it goes. Oh, so is this for a, your for your sake? Oh, I'm saying, are we I, a, or is this a trial basis? I don't want to say I'm going to be on actually bomb this and then not show back up. Uh, don't worry, uh, we're on E2 tomorrow. You're coming back for okay. sure. Okay. Um, anyway, time for the do it too much uh, countdown. Hopefully, you're familiar. I hope I'm back too. <laughs> yes. I'll try. You, you better come back. I'm not doing right. this alone. All okay. right, let's start with Panthers linebacker Thomas Davis, All right. who confirms that teammates have told Cam Newton to stop comparing the team to the Titanic because clearly he didn't know how it ended. Yeah. 
Um, speaking of Titanic, you guys a fan of the movie or no? I personally am not. What do you mean you're not? It was, it was lame, Katie. What? So, <laughs> yeah, Celine Dion songs do make me cry. <laughs> and I named my second son. It was my job to name my second son. I named him Jack. No, you A didn't. lot because of this movie. Not totally, but a lot because there weren't many Jacks at the time. There were a lot of soft male names. I, Jack's a good name. with, And, and, that, and that, you see Jack is back as a name. Yeah, so that doesn't end well for Jack. That's a good point. <laughs> In the movie. Yeah, it doesn't. Um, he's, he's off to a great start. Well, Jack Daniels, right? We all agree. That's a lovely Jack. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. But, Katie, clearly you disagree with me about that. I like the movie. I think it's good. But I did see somebody use as a as like a defense of Jameis, <laughs> that he was eight when it came out. I'm like, that happened in real life. Hey, Titanic really did. <laughs> history. Speaking yeah. of Jameis, perfect segue. AJ Green, he was fined 42 grand for his fight there with Jalen Ramsey. And it says he won't appeal. Jameis Winston, he was fined $12,154 for, quote, making a threatening gesture toward an opponent when he pushed Saints cornerback Marshawn Lattimore's helmet. Uh, Katie, what was your opinion of these two scuffles? I have a strong personal policy not to punch someone wearing a helmet. Mm. Just seems like a... Seems like a solid plan. Like a dumb idea to punch somebody with a helmet on. I'm on Team AJ Green. What? Really? If if someone pushes me like that, I'm I'm, going to do the same thing. I'm going to do the same thing. Not just one choke. There's like two chokeholds and then some punches. He deserves it. It's a disrespectful move. Wow. Uh, Jameis is a promoter. He's like Don King. He's he's smart the whole thing. So Will Ferrell told Seth Meyers that he ran into LeBron at the gym. God. And the following conversation ensued. Take a listen. Let's see. I went over to LeBron. I'm like, I just have to say hello. How are you? And I just said, I'm, I was just telling my wife the other night that you need to run for president. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're from the Midwest. Yep. You're, uh, you're very famous. You're very pop- popular. You're very articulate. Please run for office. So, LeBron. <laughs> oh. Double down. I'm telling you now, we need you. I'm just going to not take this one. I know him. I can take this one. <laughs> well, here's the thing. What do you, how do you run into LeBron at the gym? And what do you... I think LA Fitness, they're both... Okay. If I went LA to the Fitness. gym that LeBron went to, I would stop going to the gym. That's, That's what, what I'm saying. saying. Just, yeah. You would be intimidated. He's sitting no. there probably, you know, lifting small, you know, cows or big cows, rather, because <laughs> they're not small, right? <laughs> I know, that just took a weird Cows? Time. Yeah, I'm just saying he's a built dude, and, like, I don't want to be next to that guy on the elliptical. Yeah, you no. really want to be next to him? I didn't know Will Ferrell goes to the gym. Good for you, Will Ferrell. <laughs> Will's been overseeding the hair, I think. It's, it's getting thicker. Uh, Bootsy, you go to the gym. He's a, he's a workout fiend kind of guy. Yeah, a fiend kind of guy. Yeah, like he loves... But this next story, I'm very interested. Yeah, see, this is right up his alley and Katie. I think you will... Hot take. Also love this. Pocket take. So mm. Tom Brady... Never heard of him. Health nut. Mm. America runs on Tommy. <laughs> admitted that he does occasionally <laughs> eat cheeseburgers and some ice cream. God. Way to live on the wild side, Tom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about your boy's diet? That's his cheat meal. Not a strawberry, cheat. though. He'll eat ice cream and a burger. Yeah, no, no strawberry, no seeds, nightshade. Seeds are bad. Yeah, seeds, seeds are bad. Yeah, anything with seeds, like a tomato, that's why it doesn't eat tomatoes. They have lectins, and they're bad for you. Bur- so you know that because you because you follow his it. diet. Yeah, it's not like fine. you did your research. You like actually the burgers, you bought the cookbook. Don't eat the tomato and don't eat the bun, and that's a good that's a good meal. Get out you, of you can have face. a burger. Eat the one. eat the bun. Sugar. Put extra cheese and bacon on it. Sugar's and live your best Nolan. life. Sugar's the enemy, Nolan. Last night for dinner, I had a three piece from Popeye. Spicy. Ooh, only three. Bucket of chicken nights coming up <laughs> only soon. Only three. Man. Only three. So far as I'm concerned, eat as much. Cheeseburgers, Eat what you Popeyes, live your life, man. No bread, no <laughs> pasta. <laughs>
No sugar, no grease. All the pasta. I was talking about something and very sugar. appetizing. Uh, clippings. Uh, when Steve Kerr met with the media before yesterday's game and informed them that Kevin Durant would be out with an injury, he gave them a second to tweet out the news because he had something kind of better to do. Everybody ready to tweet? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Iguodala will start. And just let me know when you guys are done. <laughs> Hang on, I got a troublesome cuticle. Okay. All right, is that cool or kind of gross? Absolutely disgusting. Yeah, public, public mail displays are I'm not good. I've never actually seen someone use the metal part to part the file. To, it's like, wait, people are doing yeah. that? Yeah. I'm not a, I don't love I opened that. a can of beans once with that thing. Did you? Never on my email. I feel like he should have waited to do this bit till they played the Clippers. Katie. That's the kind of pun that'll get you invited back all the time. I'm Katie Nolan, ESPN. <laughs> <laughs> you are yep. ridiculous. Doing too much. Um, yeah. Look, and that's the name of that yeah. segment. Um, Bucci, you clip your own toenails? I do, and, yeah. Okay. You asked me before the show, I think I got one pedicure or manicure in my life. All right. Well, um, we end the show with something called It Was a Good Day, so yeah. John Bucci Cross. Uh, Tell people who had a good day today. It's a good day to be a hockey fan and an insomniac with a penchant for bourbon and <laughs> Boar's Head American cheese. Wow. Late night NHL hockey in L.A. The Kings hosting the best team in the league, the Tampa Bay Lightning, with the best player in the league, Nikita Kucherov. I'll have a pound of cheese while I watch it. All right, Katie, who had a good day? The Patriots oh, have claimed tight end Martellus Bennett on waivers a day after being waived by the Packers. Bennett had 55 catches for 701 yards and seven touchdowns during New England's Super Bowl run last season. I most- love him. I'm so happy. That's, That's the most story. Patriot move of all time. All right, NBC will use his Skycam, a.k.a. Matt Cam. So it's a good day for football fans as the primary angle for next week's Thursday night game between the Titans and Steelers. NBC, of course, was forced to use it in case you remember it because yeah. the Patriots-Falcons mm-hmm. game was hit by a bit of fog. Oh, my God, gang, we survived. That's it for the six. Sports Center continues on ESPN News. For the latest on Ezekiel Elliott, college football countdown is next, leading up to UNC Pitt at 8 Eastern on ESPN. They will be back tomorrow, and so will I.